Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another week of The Bible Boys. My name is James. And I'm Pip. I'm super excited to be here today because it's been a couple of weeks. We didn't record last week, but we're back in action. Um, we're going to be getting into the Bible. We're going to be talking all things... Um, Bible. Bible, <laughs> but also live. And That's it. James, I feel like it's been a long time. That's it. How are you going? Well, I'm going okay. I got a bit sick last week. Um, Viv was a bit unwell. Henry was a bit unwell. Uh, so we just were binging Marvel films on Disney Plus in between, you know, feeds and sleeping and all that stuff. So Viv and I are watching the Marvel movies in chronological order, okay, not release order. And right. so we're up to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's kind of like the Bible in that way, in that there's a chronological order. That's right. But there's also a another kind of order. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that, that's right. So you know. Um, the way in which all the books are are uh, laid out um, mm. are not necess- is not necessarily the chronological order yeah. of their writing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very apt analogy. Mm. So I've been doing that, uh, remembering that a lot of these films they're pretty much the same thing, but a bunch of them are pretty good. So yeah. that's what I've been doing recently, trying to stay on top of Greek and Hebrew. Uh, and, and we're recording from Moore College right now. We are. We are in a new room today um, with a beautiful view out onto uh, the street, <laughs> King Street. King Street, that's right. Looking double barrel. Yes. Um, yes, we are in the Robert King room. Yes. Now, Bob King, as he's affectionately known around here, <laughs> yes. um, was known... <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Do you know what uh, Robert King was known for? I think he was the second principal of Moore Theological College, which is where we are recording from. Did you just know that off the top of your head? No, there was, a, there was a little placard at the front that I read okay, as we nice. came in. Yes, um, yeah, and uh, look, I might have misremembered already what it was, but uh, we're really privileged to be in this room. We're really thankful to be at Theological College. This room might be a bit more echoey than last week. Okay. The last time we recorded, but uh, hopefully, listeners, you can still follow along with what we're talking about here. Listeners, if you're put off by poor audio quality, chances are you've stopped listening to this podcast <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. But Pip, I've been I've been doing that Greek and Hebrew, all that stuff. What have you been up to? Um, look, I mean, similar Greek and Hebrew is. Um, I've got a bit of a language ritual, um, which I try to do every day. I've decided that. Um, I, I really need to make it like a ritual, otherwise it, it doesn't get done. And by that, I mean like a daily discipline where I do, you know, the bits and pieces. Um, so I do a bit of vocab, a bit of translation. Um, been getting back into running. Oh. So at the start of this year, I said to myself, this is the year where I... Um, so set, I feel like second year college is a fork in the road in terms of health, physical health. You can either really just let yourself go on the morning tea and the lunch, which, you know, is very tempting because the morning tea and the lunch here at Moore is very good. Mm. Or you can be disciplined. And I want to be in that category of I want to stay disciplined, do exercise and stuff like that. Um, So I said at the start of the year, I want to run more frequently. But I also had a rule. I won't run when it rains because I don't want to slip. (laughs) But now I'm realizing if I only run when it's sunny... I will never run again. <laughs> because <laughs> it has been not, raining a bit. It's been raining nonstop for like three months. So I've started running rain, hail or shine. Luckily there hasn't wow. been any hail, but okay. there has been a bit of rain. Um, have you slipped? I haven't slipped. 
I haven't slipped good, yet, good. but there are some, you know, nervy steps there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that's been good. I, I um, used to run a lot yes. in high school, stopped for a while, trying to get back into it, and um, I'm enjoying it. That's great. I'm enjoying it. Now, you know, Paul himself said in 1 Timothy 4, physical training is of some value. Yeah. Some value. So, yeah. not and no value. He, and then he went on to say, but... So and so, but physical training goes into godliness. Yes, training godliness, and the and word so value. The, yeah. uh, the word that he used is gymnazo. Oh yes, gym, so where we get gymnasium. There you go. So you wanna you wanna hit the gym of godliness. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's a there's a linguistic error you've made there, but all good. Possibly, <laughs> but I, if the point it's, is correct, it's giving yes. me a Christian business idea, which is what if you had a godliness gym where you go in, yes, and gyms use resistance training where you lift weight, you push yes. yourself a bit more than you're comfortable. So you go into the gym of godliness, and there's someone there just pestering you to train your patience. Yes, you know, or there's. Um, I don't know. You uh, get in there and uh, there's like a, a go-kart circuit and people keep cutting you off yes. to teach you, you know, Mercy. not to, to be slow to anger. Slow to anger. That's right. Um, yes, there's, you know, all different sorts of... You go in a room and there's all different like kind of people dressed, some in fine clothing, some yes. in raggedy clothing. Yes, yes. And the test is to treat them all equally. Yes, no that's favoritism. it. That's it. And a big screen comes up. They scan your 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 mind, and they show you every single thing that you don't have but wish you had yes. to teach you contentment. Yes. And then after you get through this first stage, then you can go into the 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 weights gym. Yes. Because godliness comes first. Yeah, hundred percent. I yes. think that's a that's a bible. You don't have to hire a lot of people. It sounds like. <laughs> It's very labor-intensive. <laughs> and invent some technology that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, so. yeah the Neuralink. Yes. Anyway, so, yeah, that's a bit of what I've been up to. We we voted on Saturday. Yes. We voted on Saturday. I voted on Friday. Oh, early vote. Yes, yes. So I, I wanted to get in on Friday because it's a bit tricky for Viv and I to go out at the same time mm. if we want to bring Henry as well. So I thought I'd go vote on Friday and then on Saturday, Viv went and voted, and I stayed home with Henry. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you watch the election results coming in on Saturday night? I did. So I, you know, had the particular seats I was watching and, and keeping an eye on pinned on my ABC coverage nice. website page, and nice. I was watching the, the counts and the seats and the swings and everything. Are you on election night? Are you ABC? Are you Channel 7? Oh, ABC for sure. Go yeah, ABC. I mean, I, I you know... Ducked into what some of the other channels were yeah. were saying. Channel Nine, for example, had a pretty nice panel with Bill Shorten, Bill Shorten on it. That's Carl, right. Carl Stefanovic <laughs> absent, which I thought was a, sh- a shame. I feel like they would have gone. You, you want your incisive political <laughs> commentary, <laughs> Carlos? He would have just been sitting there like Albo, the albatross. <laughs> Look at him fly. <laughs> but um. No, ABC, all the way. Yeah. Where Anthony Green is. If yes. Anthony Green hasn't called the election, it hasn't been called yet. I feel like he's got a very um, strong relationship with that TV screen. <laughs> um, I found this uh, bingo card online on, yeah. on um, things that Anthony um, Green will say. Like, these are early numbers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the thing in the center was, wait, that's not the right screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of those in Southern. Yeah. But he was way better. So 2019, he had a lot of issues with the um with the interface. Mm. Um 
uh, on Saturday night, he w- he was a pro. He only yeah. made you know what two mistakes, I think. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of the the screen, his analysis, yeah, excellent. And was it Lee Sales on ABC? Yeah, I can't remember. I, I think know. so. Yes, that's I right. Confused. I was. I think it was Lee Sales. I think it was Animo Crab. Uh, but I was more focused just on looking at the numbers yeah. and stuff. You know, before Saturday, I hadn't really heard about teal. The Can't, teal independence. Teal independence. Yeah, all. interesting. It seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't even know what they were. Well, it's been uh, it's been in the commentary for a few months now. Um, but yeah, in in, in a re- very real sense for a lot of people, came out of nowhere. Um, and it was uh, a sweep, really. Yeah, the pundits are saying that you know they had such success because they struck a balance of moderation that's kind of evaporated from the liberal and and you know mainly the liberal party. Mm. I think it's because people like the colour teal. <laughs> I think it's a really nice colour. Yes. <laughs> That's quite funny. You know? That's quite and funny. I don't know about their politics, but I, like the, I do like the colour. It's not a bad colour. I would wear it. And while we're here, you know, not trying to disparage any of the people who've, you know, put themselves forward, um, I have to say that across the election campaign... Um, You'd get ads, right? You know, mm. you watch a YouTube video, you get an ad here or there. The one ad that's stuck in my brain that would not leave me... There's a hole in your budget? ...was the United Australia oh. Party theme song. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you get this song? Oh, well, I'm, I know that there's a hole in your budget. That's the one that's stuck in my head. That's the liberal one. No, I, I didn't get that one, actually. That's oh, interesting. They're talking, they think you're more of a radical right wing. <laughs> that's why they're talking you with the UAP. That's right. So, the song just stuck in my head. Listeners, if you haven't heard the song, it is amazing. It's, it's an amazing song called That's My Kind of Party. So, what? You, I haven't heard this. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we should play it. You should sing it. I'll, I'll just sing the chorus. Okay. Because that's my kind of party. The United Australia Party. Anyway. Look, I have it. <laughs> uh, like, say what you want about the United Australia Party, which, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars spent, not one seat was gained. Mm. That song was a banger. <laughs> and it, wow. In terms of... One ad and the song sticking in my head before I could click skip ad, mm. it was highly effective. So they didn't get one seat. They didn't get one seat oh, in the shame. Senate or the House of Reps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's, uh, you know, disappointing for them, I guess. But um, <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's it. Now, I mean, one thing I, I do want to say is that um, we do have a, a change in government and it's good and right for us to, to submit to the authorities and to honour... The government. So uh, we've never really done this on the pod before, but Pip, would you join with me as we pray oh, for our it. incoming government? I love it. It's a good thing to do, right? Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you set authorities over us and you have called us to submit to them. Father, we thank you for uh, the political system in Australia that has uh, brought about a peaceful transfer of power. We thank you that people have made their voices heard. We thank you that there is Uh, a clear winner in this election. Father, we do pray that you would bless uh, the Labour government, uh, Anthony Albanese, as as he uh, is sworn in today um, as Prime Minister. We pray that you would help him and the government to to serve our nation as your servants and to uphold truth and justice and goodness. We pray that you would bless their efforts and we pray 
that it will lead to the flourishing of the people of this land. But more importantly, Lord, we do pray that your people, uh, followers of Christ, will continue to proclaim the gospel uh, and to be given the freedom uh, to live and work and speak um, what is true and good and beautiful in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. so good, isn't it, to, to know that God God is in control. and But also just God wants us to pray for all leaders, all, you know, our, gov- right. our government, no matter who they that's are. Right. And, and so that's just, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great that you, you can be for or against the government, but if you're a Christian, you, you ought to be for them in the sense of praying for them. And, um, mm. yeah. And so, we're called to submit to the authorities, yeah. Romans 13, 1. That's yeah. what we're called to do. Now, we've had a, a, an email come in. Have we now? From James Jen. Oh, no. <laughs> James writes in and says, I've got a big problem with the Bible boys What's right that? now. You guys have been talking so much about your spots and your guest games. Yes. And what you're learning at college. Yes. What happened to what you're reading in the Bible? Oh, my goodness. That's a good, that's a good point. Yes. That's a good point. Thank you, James Jen. Yes, and thank you for um, creating an email address that reflects your actual name. Um, <laughs> seems to be a theme. That's get, right. We get a lot of emails. So I think what we... Sh- I have a proposal, Pip. Yeah. My proposal is, instead of us sharing every week what we've been learning at college, let's bring another alternating thing. Okay. Which is one week, you'll share what you're re- uh, reading in the Bible, I'll share what I'm learning at college. Sure. And the other week, you'll share what you're reading in the Bible, and I'll share what I've been learning at college. Sounds good. Sounds good. I think I, I will. I will admit, sometimes there is a lot of overlap. Like yeah. some, Sometimes what I'll, what I'll spend time dwelling on devotionally is the content that we're learning at college. Um, yes. You know, I don't really have a strong sense of a need to disconnect the stuff that we're reading at college mm-hmm. each day from personal... Like, I th- I, my goal is to understand the Bible better, to mm. know God better, so yes. I can worship Him, you know, as I ought, mm. you know. Mm. And, and mm. so, sometimes, like, I mean, recently, I've, I've been spending time in the Word where we're spending time in the Word during class. That so makes a lot of sense. Jonah, yeah. 1 Samuel, um, John. Yes. And so, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well... Just kick us off for this week. Do you want to share what you have been reading in the Bible then? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been spending quite a bit of time in, in Jonah mm. recently, just trying to trying to think why does the book of Jonah exist? Like, why was it written? What? Uh, how, how does it serve God's people both in the uh, Old Testament context as well as how does Jesus apply the message of Jonah to his generation and how ought we apply it to our generation? Um and as well as just trying to understand Jonah, you know, as a as a book in its own right, um, again, it's you know, it's easy to get hung up on the question of did the did the big fish really swallow up Jonah and did that really happen? Mm. Um, interesting question. But looking past that question, um, I think there's all sorts of interesting things going on in the book of Jonah. God's graciousness mm. to a great big sinful city god's grace to to that city on display the the ninevites um that jonah did not value but god did value um that jonah did not want to see rescued but god did want to see rescued Mm. um in chapter one the sailors 
um, again, kind of acting as like a foil in the story for Jonah, acting as a counter, a kind of a, a contrast to Jonah. Mm. And despite the fact that they don't know the God of the, they don't know Yahweh, they don't know Jonah's God, they sacrifice to him, they make vows to him, they fear him in a way that you don't see Jonah doing. Yeah, yeah, big contrast. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And just goes to show that, um, yeah, while while God does demonstrate his love for his people by picking, choosing a people who are the kind of the weakest of the nations, Abraham, and making them into a great nation, while, while he does do that, bearing the name of that nation as a Hebrew or an Israelite is not the guarantee of... Um, I guess living in accord with God's grace, but rather it's living in accord with God's grace, actually, mm. and having real faith and, and actually knowing God and fearing God, um, yeah, and wanting God's grace to go out. You might say just because you're in a garage doesn't mean you're a cop. Uh, that, uh, uh, that's a good summary <laughs> of, of the book of Jonah. That's a good summary of the book of Jonah. <laughs> But, um, yeah. <laughs> that's the summary of the book yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Um, one thing I am thinking about, and we haven't really gotten up to this part in class yet, but in chapter 2, when Jonah's in the belly of the fish, he prays this kind of long prayer to God, um, thanking him. He says, I called out to you in my distress. From the depths, I called out to you and you rescued me. And so I will, um, you know... I will proclaim your salvation. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's the point of that part in the book of Jonah. Is that, um, does that serve in some way to highlight the hypocrisy of Jonah or does it serve to highlight something else nuanced that Jonah actually has this really bright, this great moment of repentance and acknowledgement, but it's short-lived because then in chapter for he goes back to being angry at God's compassion. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm trying to see, does that like literary, does it make more sense of something that highlights his hypocrisy or something that actually highlights a moment of repentance in him? Yeah. I'm not really sure. Anyway, so that's what I've been dwelling on lately. I think what that's just revealed to me is that God cares about saving people. God mm. cares about, um, you know, people. Mm. Not not based on what city they belong to or, or what they call, but he cares for um, people and wants to extend his grace to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. What about you? Well, in terms of college, what I've been learning at college, uh, what I think just a quick thing I want to share before we go into our spot is I've just been realizing more and more how little of the English language. I understood. So in terms of grammar, grammar, syntax, I think, so, you know, I did a, a philosophy, well, double philosophy degree, essentially, at, at Sydney University, and I learned about, you know, how to write, how to use my commas correctly, how to, you know, do argumentation, organization of ideas, but sentence structure and what's going on there, um, What's the difference between using this word or that word? You know, um, I think I've just been blown away by how much I don't know. Mm. Um, so in the last week, I've just been spending a lot more time practicing syntax diagrams. Um, 
at the start of the year, college suggested, they didn't even recommend, they suggested if you want to uh, buy an English grammar guide, here's a DK um, guide by Carol Vorderman on how to teach your teenage children grammar. Yeah, And yeah. I've used that book so much in the last few weeks, or well, months really, just I'm going, what's an active participle? Yeah. What is that? And yes. I look at it, I'm going, oh, I never realized that this was a part of language before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure for you, doing exe- um, exegetical essays in New Testament and Old Testament, you're doing it in Greek and Hebrew, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't done, or we've done exegeticals for for Greek, yeah, for John's sure. Gospel. Yes. Haven't done any exegetals <laughs> for Old Testament yet, but yeah. we'll be doing um, next semester. But yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I've just been really struck by that. I just feel really humbled to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I know how to read a sentence and interpret what's going on, but there is a whole world here that I was oblivious to, and I'm really thankful for the opportunity to to, to take some time out and, and focus on that right now. So I've been doing, you know, my syntax diagrams for New Testament, um, like Mark and Ephesians, but I also just started... So. <laughs> Sorry, this, I'm, I'm laughing just thinking about saying I want to look at your face yeah, when yeah, I yeah. tell you. So I've, I'm going to go through Henry's children's books and do syntax diagrams right. on them. Wow. And, and so I started with The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working no. out the parts of speech and everything. And yes, yes. Now is the, is it, is the hunger, is it predictive? <laughs> Adjectival? <laughs> is it the hungry caterpillar or is caterpillar is hungry? Let's move on. <laughs> That's it. That's right. The three uses of mm. uh, adjectives. Yeah, what's the other one? Substantival. Substantival. The hungry. <laughs> That's it. Just the hungry one. Yes, the hungry one. That's it. So that's what I've been really appreciating. And I think that it will enhance my, not only my reading of English, but mm. my reading of Greek and Hebrew for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah t- I totally resonate with. I feel like I've learned a lot about English over the past two years for sure. Yeah, nice. And like sometimes it's like really simple things. And I'm like, oh man, I really should have known that. Like, <laughs> should clarify what an adverb is. Yeah, second. that's but, yeah. hey, straight up. So the other day I was looking, I was doing a syntax diagram. And I'm going, is that an adverb? Wait a second, no. It's it's modifying it's modifying an, an adjectives. And then I searched it up. And go, oh, adverbs can modify adjectives as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel so silly because mm. I was going, oh, adverbs just modify verbs. Mm. They can also modify adjectives mm. and other adverbs. Yeah. Anyway, it's a wild, wild world. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Why don't we get to our spot for this week? Sounds good. Uh, today's spot, I, I don't really have a title for it, so let me come up with one right now. Okay. I guess um, uh, the real title, um, I'll tell you in a sec, the joke title will be Stop Trying to Learn Something New Whenever You Go to a Conference. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Stop Trying to Learn Something New Every Time You Go to a Conference. So that, that's my joke title. Okay. My real title is uh, Remembering is Built into the Christian Life or, or Remembrance. Is, is 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 part of a godly life. Ah, okay, yep. So let me let me let, let's get to the Bible. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. So let's start with with God. So if you turn to Exodus chapter two in a second, I'll, I'll ask you to to read a particular verse. Okay. Um, remembrance is something that we see throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And I want to start with God. God is a God who remembers. So can you please have a read of Exodus chapter 2, verse 24? Sure. 
It says, uh, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. What does it mean that God remembers? Is it, when we use remember, I think we tend to think about um, forgetting something mm. and then trying to, 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 to get it back. Mm. But we just have to even investigate that use of forget something because when you forget something, there's a difference between forgetting it and never having known it in the first yeah. place, right? Yeah. So if I say something and you go, oh yeah, I remember that. It was hidden in your brain somewhere because you, it, it, you were familiar with it before. But when I bring it up, it comes to the forefront of your mind. Mm. Now, God's different. God never forgets in the sense of, you know, just not knowing things anymore. Yeah. And yet, the Bible says that God remembers. Yeah. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, as you, as you read there, God remembered his covenant And so what does it mean for God to remember? Here's here's what I think it means. I think it means that God decides to act on something. He brings it to the fore of his action or the the focus of his attention, if that sort of makes sense. And even there, the language is failing us a bit because, you know, is is it God's being a bit lazy in terms of what he's doing? No, he's sustaining all things. But when we say that God remembers it's very strongly connected with the focus of his action. Mm. And that's another thing to understand. When God remembers, it's not just he goes, oh, yeah, cool, fun fact. Whenever the Bible says that God remembers, he acts on that which mm. he remembers. Mm. There's an action that comes with the remembrance yeah. as well. Is it, is it fair to say, and it might not be, but is it fair to say that the biblical authors will use words like remember because from a human perspective, it's as if God remembered mm. something and then acted. So it's like in light of recent events, it's as if God has remembered this. Yes. It's not it's not though it's not that God has brought something from the back of his mind to the front of his mind. Yes. Because he doesn't have a back of his <laughs> mind. It's all kind of front. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Yes. It's all just there. Yes. Um, is that fair to say? I think so. And in fact, what I, I want to make a case that isn't the main point of this spot, that that um, for us, there's a there's a distinction between remembering and then acting on that thing. Yeah, I don't think there's that distinction for God. Yeah, because what what happens for God is when He remembers, it's He's acting on something. Mm. He's He's focusing on it. He's doing it. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, it's not like there's something at the back of God's mind, and He's like, let me just let me just transport it to the front of my mind now, mm. and then maybe I'll do something about it. Mm. I don't think that works with with God. Yeah, yeah. But God remembers. Not only that, but God reminds. So not only does he remember, but he reminds. Mm -hmm. So if you go to chapter 3 of Exodus, can you have a read of uh, verses 13 to 15, please? Sure. It says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What 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 shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Thanks, Pip. What's going on here? Well, God is commissioning Moses to go back to the people of Israel in the land of Egypt. And Moses says, if they don't know who... You are, what do I say to them? And notice what God does. He 
brings them back to their forefathers. He brings them back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. This is, and then he's, um, after he'd said, I am who I am, he goes, this is my name forever. Thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So God calls on Moses to remind the people who he is. Which is an act of grace, isn't it? Mm. Because God doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to, to you know, he, Moses could go to the people and they would say, who's your God? And he'd go, what? You don't remember me? Uh, after all that I've done, after all that I've sustained you in, after already multiplying you, you know, to be as numerous as the stars in the heavens, you don't know me? Mm. But God graciously, I think it's a, it's a sign of, it's an act of God's grace that he reminds people of things. Mm. He actually uh, uh, brings things back to the forefront of their minds mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. So God remembers and God reminds. Throughout the Bible, we see these themes of remembrance and reminding everywhere. So let me just run through a few in sure. quick succession. So first of all, the Old Testament covenant people were to be a people who remembered what God had done for them. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, <clears throat> let me open that up. Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 4, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So, so they're meant to be kept close to them. Mm. Verse 7, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And goes on to talk about how uh, these things are to be constant signs and indicators, and shall I say reminders around you mm. of what God has done for them. The Old Testament sacrificial system, um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 3 says that the sacrifices were a yearly reminder of the people's sins. And so time and time again, this idea of remembrance is, is key. And in fact, a lack of remembering is associated with sin. So in the book of Judges, there's, um, I think it's in Judges chapter 8. I don't have it off the top of my head here, but it says the people did not remember their Lord. Mm. They failed to, to bring knowledge of God, relationship with God, serving God to the forefront of their minds, mm. and the nation suffered. Mm. Yeah. If we come to the New Testament, let's have a think about what it is that Jesus says that the, the people whom he is forming together are to do. So come with me to Luke chapter 22. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no, it is Luke chapter 22. For a second, I got 21 and 22 mm. mixed up. But you take a look at Luke chapter 22. Notice what he says in verse uh, 17. <clears throat> um, he says, uh, Jesus, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Notice Jesus is about to go to the cross. He is about to be betrayed and suffer and die. 
and after three days rise again. But what he does with his disciples is he gives them a physical action. And the action is there that they would remember Mm. the sacrifice that Jesus is about to do. Mm. You know, sometimes we might think about why we do things like the Lord's Supper. We do it in the first instance because Jesus called us to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but another, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a grace to us. Yeah. It's a grace that's been given to us that we would remember what Christ has done. Yeah. Uh, what, what he did for us. Yeah. Have a think about what the Holy Spirit was, was uh, sent to do, right? Uh, in John um, uh, 14 to 16, Jesus talks about how he's going to leave mm-hmm. um, and, and he's going to send a, another counselor or another advocate. Um, and, and what Jesus says is that the Holy Spirit is going to remind them of his words. Mm. Um, what is that verse that, where it says that? Off the top of my head, I, I don't have... Uh, oh, I got it. John chapter 14, verses 14 to 26. Uh, excuse me, verses 25 to 26. Can you read yeah. 14, 25 to 26? Yeah, it says, um, These things I've spoken to you while I'm with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Mm. What is the one of the, the, the chief roles and works and acts and power of the Holy Spirit, it's to remind us of Christ and his words. Mm. What did we think, uh, and what did, the, what did the New Testament apostles think they were doing when they were writing uh, the New Testament epistles? Well, here's one example. Come with me to Romans chapter 15 mm. for a second. Romans chapter 15, uh, what verse is it? Romans 15, verse 15. Can you please read Romans 15, verse 15? But on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God. Mm. Notice what's going on here. Paul said, he's sort of rounding out the letter of Romans. He doesn't say, uh, on some points here I've written very boldly to teach you something that you did not know mm. or to, to introduce some grand truths that you were completely unaware of. Although for some people that might be the case. He says, no, I've written boldly to remind you. Mm. And he's not the only one who says this. If you just, you know, look for remind or, or you know, to, to, to encourage you with or to remind you with, that language is just sprinkled throughout all of these epistles yeah. in the New Testament. Yeah. So let, let's draw some conclusions together here. Um, firstly, the, the life of being one of God's people is one where we are constantly in danger of forgetting and not acting um, in light of what God has done for us. Mm. I mean, that's, that's part of the effect of sin. Uh, you sin, I sin, we all sin. We continue to, to, to fail to give right and proper thanks to God for all that he's done for us. On one level, it's because we are ungrateful. On another level, it's because we actively choose to focus on other things than God mm. every day. Mm. And, and so we need remembrance. We need to be reminded of, of, of what is good and true and, and, and beautiful. The Christian life is one where we need to remember constantly. Which 
leads me to that joke heading I, I said at the start, you know, stop trying to learn something new at a yeah, conference yeah. you go to. So I, where does that come from? Well, I remember when I was at uni, um, sometimes people would go to a conference and they'd come back and I go, hey, how's the conference? They go, yeah, it was amazing. It was mind blowing. I, I learned all these things I'd never even heard of before. And you go, wow, that's great. And you'd ask another person and they come back and they go, yeah, it wasn't as good as last year. I knew everything already. Did you ever come across that yeah, before? for sure, for sure. And I felt it myself. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, wanted to learn and still want to learn new things. I'm always excited to learn new things and get fresh insight on new things. Um, and have been disappointed coming away from conferences where I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of new material covered <laughs> necessarily. So I, I resonate with that feeling. That's it. And you know what? I think there's a good and godly desire there to want to learn, to know that we don't know everything that the Bible has to say. There's so much for, for, uh, so much gold for us to keep mining. Mm. And that's good. That's mm. a good thing. But I think that what I want to push back gently on is to say that you know, you should hope that not everything you're hearing is drastically brand new. Yeah. Right? Especially if you've, been, if you've been a Christian for a long time. That's right, you know. Here's a whole book of the Bible that you've never heard before. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give you some new doctrine that completely upends, you know, everything yeah. that, that you've... You know, Jesus actually rose on the fourth day rather than... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but... Does that mean that places like conferences and church services and theological college have no value if you know these things already? Absolutely not. Because we need to be reminded of these things. We need to be encouraged in these things. And might I say, this is where the connection between God's remembrance and our remembrance, I think I want to draw a connection here. See, God doesn't have that separation between remembering something and then acting. Every single time in the in the as I, as far as I can tell in the Old Testament, when God remembers something, He acts on it straight away. For us, we do have that disconnect. We can say that we're reminded of something, but then we don't do it. Mm, yeah. Or we're reminded of something and then we don't obey it. Mm. Might I suggest that for us, we haven't truly remembered something until we act on it. Mm-hmm. until we faithfully submit to that truth because of the God from whom those truths come from. Mm. And so remembrance, constantly meditating on what we know or have been taught already, that it produces action is just built into the rhythms and cycles of the Christian life, which is why we can never get, or we should never get, bored uh, or tired of hearing what is true again and again and again, especially because we know, I know this for sure, that I don't follow all that I know. Mm. And so uh, I guess that's how I want to round out the spot. There's so much more we could say in terms of work of the Holy Spirit, the place of brothers and sisters, one another's speech. We could talk about all that stuff, but I guess I just want to encourage you and encourage our listeners to, to take remembering seriously. There is so much that we know, but we don't focus on it. We don't act on it. Remembrance is a good and beautiful thing. And actually, it's an act of grace that God gives us the means to remember what he has already taught us mm. and what he has already done. Mm. That's what's beautiful. Oh, that's so helpful. That's so helpful. And I think very timely for me, actually. Oh, um, yeah? yeah? I mean, you know, 
being being at um, Penrith Anglican, mm. they they are they they do a lot more of the creeds mm. and a lot more. Uh, they do Lord's Supper more frequently with the the cup of juice and yeah. the bit of bread. <laughs> they do that way more frequently than I was used to before. And to be honest, my personality, my preferences, my tastes, and church service styles, I do prefer the more low um, low key. Kind of less formal, more kind of interviews and more songs and stuff like that. Um, but those those things, creeds and Lord's Supper, um, have been a great cert. Like I'm I'm coming around to them more and more because <laughs> I'm realizing that they actually do help to remind of the common truths that we that we that we believe mm. and um, a real kind of tangible remembrance of. Jesus' body and blood broken for us. Mm. Um, just reflecting on those Old Testament passages, and even I'm not sure if you did. You mention the rainbow with Noah. I did it. Yeah, yeah so go for it. Yeah. It's like you know, God has set thing. You know, all these means to help His people remember in nature, in speech. Mm. So when you read from Deuteronomy, um, I think that's called the Shema. Yeah, the is. the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Very kind of foundational prayer statement in, in Judaism mm. um, so that's like a creed like a, a creed for them almost like a you know a, a statement of this is something that we hold to be mm. true um, you have songs you have psalms yes you have, um, and then you have the the sacrificial system mm. um, so there's there's verbal there's it's it's invoking all the senses isn't it the mm. smell the touch the sights the uh, you know um, the, what you hear is all of this in order that they might remember yes and so yeah just to be just to remember that it's always been part of God's salvation plan that remembrance is a, is a key part and yeah. it's, a, it's a key part of the, the Christian tradition as well as mm. the um, Jewish tradition as well mm. I think it's it's something that it's easy to forget um, and you know it is um, I think churches should work hard to make those things special. Mm. Um, the Lord's Supper, creeds, to do them in a way that's timely and not um, to do them in a way that's that that serves its purpose well. Um, I guess the dan- the danger in creeds. Uh, I guess the you know the good thing about creeds is that you you say the right things. The danger is that you say them without meaning them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think we. Churches and just Christians in general, every individual Christian needs to take the responsibility to actually use these means of grace well and not mm. to let them pass by. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I'm working on. Like I oftentimes have, you know, drunk drunk the juice and the bread and then be like, hold on, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, just yeah. let it kind of pass by. And yes, so to, yes. To, to be present, you know, that's a cliche. Mm, term, no, no, but no. To be no, present yeah. in, in those moments, I think is really important. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you, you've hit on something there, which is really helpful, which is that, yeah, there, there's a sense in which the sign of, for example, the Lord's Supper and even baptism, which I'll come to in just a sec, but we can become hardened to their um, significance. Mm. We just go, oh, yeah, that's the thing we do. Bit weird. But that's the thing we do. Mm. And I feel that baptism as well, the, the, this is a whole big tangent we could go down. But I feel like, and I don't know if this is the case in, in sort of your Christian friends and, and family and stuff. But with my friends who, who would think about baptism, baptism wasn't a sign 
of God's salvation on you. It was a way to evangelize your friends that came to the baptism service or, or, um, uh, or you know, the baptism Sunday. Um, to the point where I know some people who would delay their baptisms because they're like, oh, not enough of my friends want to come. Right. To which I'm going, you know, baptism isn't primarily for them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's primarily for you as a sign of how, so that you can remember how God has saved you. Yeah. Um, And so I guess the significance of it was just seen as a, look, I just need to get as many of my friends as I can. I need to capitalize on this, on this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. To get them into the room, which, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's not the purpose of the sign. Mm, Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that's, that's, no, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a good point. And if you think about uh, like baptism uh, as a sign, it is quite a physically, you remember, like I remember my baptism. Mm-hmm. I think I was 18 and I got baptized in the, my family's pool. Yeah, my yeah. House. And it's a, is visceral the right word? It's, yeah, a, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a physical thing that happens and you're like, oh, I remember the cold of like going under the water. Yeah, I remember yeah. the feeling and, and the... The sound of people like, you know, um, kind of cheering as you come up, that all that sort of stuff. Like it's a real, um, you know, it sticks in the memory. Yes. That, that experience. And yeah, you can, I can remember that and, and be reminded of God's washing away of my sin mm. in, into death, into new life. Yes. Um, yeah, but that's, it's a, it's a good point that yes, yeah, we shouldn't like, um, you know, it's good to think about evangelism, but we shouldn't like, uh, yeah, we we, sh- we shouldn't forget that its primary thing is for mm. a sign of God's salvation. Yeah, yeah. The similar analogy just reminded me of um, during COVID, some people were wondering whether they delay their wedding or just do the five person thing in a backyard or something. Mm. And it was very interesting because I think that chatting with some people who did get married with the five person thing. They're just going, look, in the end, yeah, we would love to celebrate with a whole bunch of people. In the end, it's about us making our promises before God. Mm. That's the and that's the most important thing that, that matters. So we got married, we might do a ceremony and then a reception later. But, and then on the flip side, I know of some people who've delayed their marriages for, you know, one or two years because they're going, no, if we're not gonna have people come along, I'm not gonna do it. Um, mm. So, Anyway, I hadn't really thought about that analogy to the baptism thing there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess like, you know, from an outside perspective, like if you're not a religious person, you might look in on these rituals and, and say these are fairly archaic, yes, weird, strange things. But actually, they're just great teaching tools and, and, and tools of uh, remembrance. That's, what's, that's what symbols, that's, that's what they're meant to do. Right? Yeah. There you go. Anyway. That's it. Ooh, that was really helpful. No, thank yeah. you. All right. Well, listeners, if you have any thoughts or questions about that, you can always email us at thebibleboys with a Z at gmail.com or you can DM us at Bible underscore boys with a Z on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's play a game of guess. Guess who? Guess who? Okay. Now, do you want hard mode or do you want ultra hard mode? <laughs> Give me an ultra hard mode. I need to lose. You need an ultra hard mode. Okay. Ultra hard mode it is. Ultra hard mode. Yeah. 20 questions, listeners. Pip has a uh, character in mind, yes. and I need to try and guess who this character is. You got the character? I've got it. All right, let's begin. Does this character first appear after Psalm 119? Um, no. Okay. Does this character first appear in the Pentateuch? 
the first five books of the Bible. No. There's this character appear um, before David. Yes. Okay. Does this character appear around the time of Moses? Uh, no. Okay. Does this character appear around the time of the judges? Yeah. Yep. Does this character appear in the book of Ruth? Yes. Okay. So what is that? Six. Six. Okay. Does this character, is this character related to Naomi? Um, yes. Is this character female? No. Is this character one of Naomi's sons? Yes. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Wow! You narrowed it down so quickly! But the question is, so how many sons did Naomi have? Two. Yeah, well done. Oh, great. I only know the name of one of them. What's, I mean... I mean, if I don't get it, this I, I can't, because I don't I've got, know. I've highlighted it on my page, so I can show you... No, 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 no. Like, okay. Uh, as, in, as in... I won't lie. I okay, won't that's what you mean. I okay. won't switch it. Is this character Marlon? No. No! I only know that one. <laughs> what was the other one? Killian. Killian. Which I just think is the coolest name. That's a pretty cool name. The Kill Zone. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I only know Marlon. I didn't know the other one. I can't believe you knew Marlon. That's amazing. (laughs) Hey, Marlon. Marlon is one of the sons. Now, Marlon spelled M-A-H-L-O-N. That's right. Not Marlon the fish. No. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a fish? Um, Killian. Is that a fish, Marlon? Mar- Marlin is okay. M A R L I N. Right, yeah. but then you got Killian. C H I L I O N. There you go. Which? What do you think that means in the Hebrew? Uh, if you had to guess what Killian means, I, I don't know. I don't know. What it, does it mean? It means. I just googled it. She knows. dot com says it means. <laughs> 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 okay. There's some. Yep. To be, to come to an end, to be completed. Couldn't you, on accordance, couldn't you use your instant details to figure it out? Maybe. Can I use my, I just says, it just comes up with Can that. you put it on a uh, hallet? Okay. This is real inside Search. baseball for our listeners yeah. who have no idea what okay. we're talking about. Oh, no, you're right. Look up dictionary. On, yeah. Here we go. Killian. Pining, destruction, consumption, failing. There you go. Ooh. That's pining. a bad name. See, I believe that over SheKnows.com. SheKnows.com is pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, there you go. Well, Killian and Marlon. I will remember that. I remember Killian now. But uh, yeah, I knew Marlon. I just think that's a really cool name. Killian. That, that is pretty cool. Um, Killian is the uh, last name of the villain in Iron Man 3. Aldrich Killian. I thought that was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. That's it. Let's go to morning tea. All right. You want to sign us out, Pip? Um, have a great week, everyone. Have a blessed week, if I can say that. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.